And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, made and angering. Hear that co-host shouting, it's Dainer and Jay. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Dainer Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you on the walkout on a day where the Bengals win over the Saints in the Superdome 30-26. to 26. Jay, if, what if I, if I told you on Saturday, okay, Everybody's making a big deal about the Burrow Chase homecoming. Everybody's making a huge deal about that. This game is going to turn into Chase having a breakout, and he's going to have what amounts to almost a walk-off winner for 60 yards in their first real big explosive play of the year to break all the Saints fans' heart. You would laugh at me and tell me, go get another (laughs) hurricane, you idiot. There's no way it actually plays out. This is not how it goes. Like The hype around these things never actually plays out. But yet, here we are, Jamar Chase, hometown, homecoming king. What? What a performance by Burrow and Chase back home to to pull out a win in a massive crossroads for this team. Yeah, I would have not only questioned how many hurricanes you had had, but it's not just the cliche storyline. It's the we haven't seen it. Why now would all of a sudden this be the game where it breaks out? It was just too too convenient. It would sound too contrived, but it that's what happened. And, and really, it's what you've been kind of – expecting to see with Mixon made it happen a couple times. This wasn't a deep shot to Jamar down the sidelines, a short pass. He breaks one tackle and goes, and you keep thinking that that's, that's the next dam that needed to break that these short passes could turn into longer ones. But yeah, just for, for that whole crazy storyline leading up to the game to be the difference in this game, it just, it does. It, it, it sounds a little Disney movie ish. It, it does. We've got a lot to get to here we're going to talk about some of the changes we're now seeing the Bengals lean into offensively and how you know Joe Burrow after the game says you know I I think we know who we are now I you know they're figuring it out at least they did today you know they 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 found a great rhythm after the standard should we call the first two drives the Morrison drives you know since you're the one (laughs) that like went deep in on that stat like we used to have the Morrison minutes like the first two (laughs) drives must stink and then they're great after that. It was like that again. And I I think there's reason to believe that they have found something and they have mm-hmm. found a lot offensively in these last few weeks. And and Burrow said as much after the game. You know, that that the the you know, the gun run offense, the the quick hits, 
against these cover two shells and the Saints were doing the same thing everybody else is, you know, mm-hmm. being more effective with them, getting them to be not three-yard completions but eight or nine and just quickly go down. I mean, they were just buzzing down the field. They were eight, 10, 12-play drives, but it was just w- without a whole lot of tough work, some conversions, but, you know, they really were working that side of the offense, getting some efficient runs even though they didn't run it a ton. You know, it does feel like what they had going on today and in the second half against Baltimore is them and Joe Burrow starting to turn the corner and figuring this out, and they hit 30 for the first time since the game against the Chiefs last year in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, that Zach talks about it all the time, about they, they need to find a rhythm. After those first two drives, they looked like they were in rhythm. It wasn't just the the consistency of Joe Burrow constantly completing these short passes, but it was, it was crisp. They were getting right back up to the line quickly. They, it, it wasn't no huddle, but there was an urgency to it. And it, it just, it just felt like that, that Zach was in a rhythm. Joe was in a rhythm and, and everything was working the, the, the way that I think they kind of envision it when they draw up this kind of game plan. Yes. They would love to take these deep shots, even the intermediate shots that weren't there that much. But this is what the defense has given you. And, and if you can figure out a way to to, to sustain those drives, it, the, the question is, can you do that over and over again? It doesn't seem like it's sustainable, but they're they're starting to prove that maybe it is. I, I, I mean, most of their drives these last two weeks have been those long double digit types. And it's it's just going to create more problems for defenses because now they're they can't sit back in those two deep shells. They're they're running the ball more effective, effectively. They're they're using the short passing game to to create I don't want to say chunk plays, but but as you mentioned, they weren't in any dire straits on third downs. They were in a lot of manageable third downs. And they just kept moving the chains and moving the ball. Um, it, it was I, I think that for the fire Zach is the play calling crowd out there. Maybe didn't do much to dissuade that. I think people still want to see more, but you can't argue with what they did today. No. I mean, look, in in Burrow said, you know, the the ability to start taking those completions and understand taking the profit and mm-hmm. when to do that and, and now adding a little bit more of the aggression, you know, less of the average time to throw of 2.12 there are he's not afraid to do that when that is the situation those quick checks downs to mix in uh or or out you know you saw still saw those i mean those still were there and they were effective and then you would they start but they use the intermediate middle a little bit more holding the ball a little more often a little bit more mm-hmm. confidence in the offensive line and the offensive line and the protection being generally good until those back-to-back sacks there uh on that second to last mm-hmm. drive and you know for the most part, you can see that confidence in throwing those a little bit more. And the Saints getting frustrated. Burrow said, look, you can see the defensive line get frustrated because the ball's getting out too fast. And they're just trying to get out and bat the ball. And 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 it, it lessens the rush. And then eventually they get antsy and they come, you pull them, you throw them out of the shells. And then all of a sudden the one-to-one show, one-on-one shows up. And that's when you get the play to Jamar at the end, which he said he knew he was throwing the second he saw it, oh, they're going to go man now. We got him out of it. We got him into man. Good night. And and Jamar ends up doing it. That's the evolution of this offense. I think that's what he means by we know who we are now is, you know, being so much better at being efficient in throwing teams out of this and just, just killing them where they don't feel like they even have a chance in these eight to ten play drives because you're just being so efficient with everything underneath. 
I think they get credit too because you you meant they get them out of those those that shell. They've got the man to man they want. It would have been really tempting there to to run a nine ball and just send Jamar and try to do it the old school way as opposed to I'm going to throw him this short pass and let him make a ta- break a tackle and go. I, I I mean, as frustrated as they have to be to not be able to take these shots at the, like they were taking last year, that would have been an, an easy way to go. And and they they took the smart approach and Jamar made it pay off. It was it kind it was a totally different play, but it kind of reminded me of that Kansas City screen where he makes one guy miss and he just outruns everybody. Cause as soon as he made that first guy miss, you're like, okay, nobody's catching him. Cause there was a guy that had an angle on him, it looked like, and he just ran away from everybody. And I mean, that's I mean, it's you've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for the the offense to 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 make plays like that at the end of games to win games and the defense to come up big and and make plays at the end of games. And, and both of them did it today. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, Zach Taylor said after the game, you know, talking specifically about some of the Joe Burrow scrambles, that third down where he was all over the place and and ends up finding Boyd, and, and Zach Taylor said... The play's still going on, and Jamar's standing next to me on the sideline because his route had ended, and we both thought he was sacked and down, and I had to tell him to get back <laughs> out there. And then and, and next thing you know, Boyd ends up getting that conversion, and, and Burrow had the Houdini magic on the touchdown run as yes. well, where you're seeing – I mean, the, the Burrow – pocket presence this, that was part of what you lost with so much of the quick game right like when it was always coming out so fast and it was always about and not having enough of those opportunities to unlock the burrow pocket magic superpower that creates so many spontaneous plays that can get you the scramble like he had for the touchdown and, and some of those conversions we saw a, more of those today and i think they're finding b- the better how to pick those spots and 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 not let teams take that away from them and, and that's true uh, Zach Taylor said sometimes when it looks like things are really bleak and dead 
Joe finds a way out of the mess. You don't know how he does it. He just does. It's special to see. That is a statement about one play and a statement about one season and a statement about one franchise. You know, yeah. it's he, when it seems bleak, you trust that Joe will find a way out of the mess and nobody knows how he does it. And it feels like maybe he's starting to do that with this team. Because let's talk about this moment in time, Jay. Let's play the other side out. Hmm. They are getting run over. They fall behind again. Another game with a double-digit deficit. The same old stuff. Yeah, they have resiliency. They come back. The Saints had nothing. This, the Saints did not have Marshawn Lattimore. The Saints did not have any of their starting three receivers. They didn't have Olave. They didn't have Michael Thomas. They didn't have Jarvis Landry. They have Andy Dalton at quarterback. Okay, they are a team that is down and out and busted up without any of the spice in their gumbo, if you will follow me there. And what, if you lose to that, if you lose to Andy Dalton, who will never let you forget you benched him on his birthday, Zach Taylor, <laughs> if you lose to that in the homecoming and all this stuff to go to two and four, that is. Now you start to talk about it's getting late early and mm-hmm. and and that things you're starting to say, can you dig out of this? We talked about this run, right? Four games, gotta go three and one. Gotta go three and one in this stretch. Get yourself back to five and four at the bye. All these winnable games, teams with flaws. Imagine that's the spot they were in, needing it. Burrow to chase, you know, them pulling them out of the mess. it is it's it's burrow and chase pulling them out of the mess and buying more time for this season yeah and i mean you you look at it if they lose this one atlanta suddenly doesn't look like the the patsy that that they look like earlier they they beat san fran today it's just they would come home at two and four with all this pressure i mean it would have been your armband game that would mm. that absolutely would be the must win game, um, and this just it does it, it flips everything. It lets them take a breath. It lets them not not even feel like they survive. Feel like they found something and and they thrived and they they did what they've been trying to do all year. And I, I you can say it's living dangerously to keep coming back from these double digit losses, but when you do it over and over and over again like they have, I, I think it's 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 not. Uh, an exhale or a wipe the sweat off the brow kind of thing. Like that was close. I mean, it it almost kind of becomes your identity where where you're never going to feel like you're out of a game or out of a situation, out of a drive when it's third and whatever. Um, It's just, it just keeps building. And I I know nobody wants to live that way, but to, to know that you can um, is really enticing an enticing idea for what this offense can become even beyond what we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, the thing is, um, when when we talk about um, this offense and the direction that it can go in, you do, you feel like you built something, and that's important. Um, this defense feels like all of a sudden they're missing something. And so at what point now do we get concerned uh, if you're the Bengals looking at the, the defense saying, okay, this run game that just was shoved down their throat – by the Saints was a little bit an extension of some of the stuff Baltimore was doing. Baltimore just didn't quite stick with it as much. And if teams are now going to see this look with no until DJ Reader comes back, 
This is how you can you can take advantage of this defense. Um, that is concerning. I mean, this is the very uncharacteristic from them. Uh, a lot of plays that kill you. You know, that was sort of I was thinking like, man, if I write if if they lose this, it's just them continually making plays that lose you games. The Trent Taylor fumbling, the Trey Hendrickson roughing the passer. You know, some of some all the third and longs that they couldn't get off the field on, and it's like. You know, at a certain point, you, you, this is just a really interesting performance by the Bengals defense, one that I can't say that I saw coming, even though they still have their calling card, which is this red zone defense, and now six mm-hmm. games without allowing a second-half touchdown and needing every stop they got along the way down in that red zone, and it, it ends up being the difference in the game and them salvaging a game that they otherwise could have blown for this team. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same way as the offense where their back's against the wall and they find a way. I mean, not just not having DJ Reader, but then Josh Tupo goes out with a calf injury. So there was a play that last Saints scoring drive. If they score there, they take a two-possession lead and it, it really gets hard for the Bengals to make that comeback. And if they score a touchdown there, uh, Jay Tefele. Tackle for loss on second and 10. Sets up a third and 12. They can't convert. They got to kick the field goal. Uh, there was a second and 12 play. Eli Apple comes out of nowhere. One yard tackle for loss on Taysom Hill. As, as bad as that defense was, they had a lot of big gotta habit plays. And it is concerning because so much of, yes, the Saints hit him up the middle and took advantage of not having reader, but they did stuff on the edge too. And in the secondary, that was as bad as I think I've seen the the Bengals secondary look as far as taking poor angles, uh, reaching and grabbing, missing tackles. It, it just all kind of started snowballing on them. And what, 164 yards rushing given up in the first half alone. And they did bow up in the second half. And it, I think they gave up, was it 56 rushing yards in the second half? Much better. You feel better making Andy Dalton throw those, those third and longs and um, Trey Hendrickson getting pressure. But yeah, that's what this defense was, what this run defense was for the first four games compared to the last two is concerning. But maybe, maybe the most encouraging sign all week was seeing DJ Reader on the rehab field this week at practice. It, it, you don't know how, what that timetable looks like, but at least it's progressing. We don't know how serious Tupo's injury is, but Atlanta, one of the best rushing attacks in the league coming to Paul Brown or Paycor Stadium next week. Um, another big challenge after a Saints running game and a Ravens running game that gave them fits. Oh, and then the one after that should be pretty easy too, Browns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't, don't worry about that. They're not going to run it down your throats. <laughs> Chubb yeah, and don't, don't think that they're not going to be showing Nick Chubb this footage on, on repeat, <laughs> you know, um, on top of the footage from last year's game in the middle of the season at, at Paycor. All right, let's just take a quick break. That's going to be a big thing that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks is 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 trying to not let teams do that to them. Um, but look, when you when you can get those stops and force those field goals, it makes a difference. And hey, the offense actually picked up the defense for once. You know, complimentary football yeah. finally goes the other way. Apparently, um, Eli Apple targeted, uh, pointed at, laughed at uh, by Saints fans who were enjoying it. I mean, there was a lot. There's a the, the Eli Apple hatred is real, and they're just <laughs> seeing it around town. I mean, people talking about it, and they were going after him, and they were picking on him, and he was being picked on, and he was getting burnt a bunch. And I, they were, you know, when they went after him in the first play, the first throw of the game, the deep ball, Apple was beat. 
beat bad, mm-hmm. and Andy couldn't get connected with the receiver. I forget who was even at, 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 in the attempted, but um, you know, it was like they were going to feed one to the fans and try to send this place into a frenzy going over top of Eli, um, and they just they couldn't hit it. But there was, you know, it was a struggle there. But he and they end up throwing at him on fourth and whatever, fourth and forever. Deep mm-hmm. down the field, and there's contact uh, as he fell down. But Dax Hill came over and also got in the way uh, of of that play. I talked to Apple after a little bit after the game, and you know he was he had his one little solid tweet, but it wasn't anything out of control, and he didn't say too much. You know, uh, it, it it means a lot. You know, he he was not going full Eli that we saw last year after every win going bananas on Twitter or with us. So um, he he was kind of quietly taking that one in i wish i would have wrote it down when this happened i i i saw it on on the tv where it was early early ish in the game and eli i can't remember what he did he gave up a long pass he gave up something and the crowd was roaring and loving it and they showed uh cheeto with his arm around him in the huddle, just kind of talking to him and calming him down. And um, he did, he played better from, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but he did play better from that moment on. And I, I really do think that that, that one yard loss on tape of Taysom Hill, where he just stuck him. I mean, that you don't want to say it was a turning point, but that was a really big play to set up a third and 13 because the, the Dalton and the saints were struggling on those third and longs. And that's really what kind of led to that final field goal. Again, if that, if, if any of those two second half field goal drives or touchdown drives, the, the degree of difficulty to win this game goes way, way up. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other, you know, walking into the game, Joe Burrow wore Jamar Chase's <laughs> uh, national championship game jersey, like the real one. And we were asking Burrow about it, and he said, uh, he said, yeah, I just I thought it would be. I wanted to do something to honor Louisiana and the time that we had together and. And so I told Jamar, like, you got an old jersey. And Jamar was like, what, like any jersey? Like, no, like, do you have, do you have a, he's like, I got the championship game jersey. He had to go take it down off of his wall, like out of the frame and like go and take it off the wall and give it to Burrow so that he could, so that he could wear it um, to the game. And so it was, I thought that was kind of a cool moment. I So I, so the game ends and, and Chase was the last one. He was in with us. And they brought him to the podium, and then he comes in the locker room. I think he did something with Dan Horde, and then he was like, "Where's the family been? Where? Hey guys, where's the where's the family area?" At? And he because he said he didn't see hardly any family last night. He wanted to have tunnel vision to this game and how big it was, and didn't didn't want to like get involved in all of that hoopla and just come out and play. But when it was over, he wanted to go because there was a lot and there was a big mm-hmm. old party going on uh, at Jimmy Chase's tailgate. Let me tell you, and so. Uh, <laughs> He kind of walks. I followed him uh, on the way out, all the way out to where the family bin was. Well, every security guard in the Superdome, I swear, is like Jamar, like giving him high fives, like like <laughs> trying to dap him up on the way. He could hardly get out there because he kept getting stopped by like every single person on his way out there. And then he, he finally makes it out there, and he has he takes a million pictures, and he's in the middle of this mass of about. 70 people that were just crammed into this one spot and uh, he's taking <laughs> pictures with everybody and being, you know, sort of shoved around. And uh, it was it was a pretty cool scene after the game. And, and you know what this clearly meant to him 
And to be able to do that was more than what he said, just gets to talk trash to his friends that live back here and everything when he's home. I mean, it means a lot to put on this show back here and for this season. And, you know, where people are like, what's going on with Jamar? Why can't they really get Jamar going and be explosive? And and uh, and then to, to do this uh, here, it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty, pretty fun to watch. Not surprising either because I mean, Jamar, hometown guy comes back. He, he's so likable. I could just, I, I can totally picture all those security guards. But the thought that went through my mind when I started seeing the photos is, oh no, Joe Burrow didn't eat breakfast today. I mean, I don't know when he put the jersey on. There's no way you're eating anything that could, you could possibly spill on that jersey <laughs> and stain it. And Jamar would never yeah. forgive you. This whole connection yeah. goes up in flames because Jamar's pissed because he ruins his championship game jersey. I thought it was, it was, it was a cool, thing to do but man i would be nervous as could be wearing something yeah. like that yeah but uh a cool uh a cool moment there and uh amongst a lot of them back here in in new orleans and let me tell you he said it, jamar said he, this is probably the loudest environment he's ever been a part of i mean it was it was insane it was so loud it was it was i mean it, Tickets were expensive, and these people were getting their money's worth. You know what I mean? Like, it was really – that is a host- – you talk about hostile environments. I mean, that's a really tough – this is a tough place to come win uh, when it's like that. And because I mean, no matter how beat up the Saints are or whatever, where they're at, you know, in the, their franchise, I mean, that environment is a really hard one to come win in. But Burrow kind of did what he does in the Dome and just pulled him out of the mess. I mean, no false starts, right? No, no. Um, One hold on games. Collins was really the only penalty involving the line. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they did. They handled that really, really well. They went on the silent count the entire game. And um, I was surprised that they, I mean, New Orleans had a delay a game. They they had those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Bengals did call a timeout at one point with the yeah. clock running down. But that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. No, no glaring mistakes due to the crowd noise. They handled it really well. I will be curious. This is one little, one little more nugget I want to put onto the back end of the offense conversation, and then we can wrap this up. I'm going to be really curious to see if we are seeing the under center offense just go bye bye, uh, because they basically didn't use it today. I mean, a sneak. Um, that was about it. Burrow didn't throw a single pass out of under center. Remember, out of under center, he threw the pick Patrick Queen last week. Mm-hmm. Their gun run game. Got going, Joe Mixon, 5.6 per carry, only eight. And, and Zach Taylor said they actually called a lot more runs, but they were just seeing soft spots in the in the passing game that a lot of it was getting checked over into, into passes. Um, but th- they were efficient when they tried to run it out of the gun, which they had. And if they can do that the way Burrow is really seems to find his comfort zone with the quick game out of it, um, I wonder. I'll be really curious to see if, if this is like – the way they want to be and their solve um, and just ditch that whole under center game plan. I'm, I, I'll be curious to see if, if this is who they are from this point forward, or if that was really kind of more saints game plan based. Yeah. Well, and you're indoors in ideal climate. I mean, can they, can they afford to do that as you get into November, December when the, when it gets windier and colder and yeah. the run game becomes more important and it'll, it will be, I, I am curious to see how that evolves or, just stays the same as it was today. And we saw it against Baltimore a lot too. I mean, they really went heavy mm-hmm. on uh, there. Would, that was the pick was one of the few times they, they were under center. They didn't do it. It was not like this, but I think it seemed like over the week they looked and said, look, let's just lean heavier into that. And at least they did this week. So another thing to, to, we'll have plenty more on this as we get through the week to, to dive into. Um, we'll be back 
uh, getting out of New Orleans tomorrow morning and uh, land back in Cincinnati and start the uh, the Falcons week. But um, t- so many Bengals fans down here. It was unbelievable. We came in on Friday. <laughs> And I, I, it was astounding. I knew that. I mean, you knew it was circled on everyone's schedule mm. coming down. Um, shout out to the people that said hi or did buy beers. Shout out to uh, Paul Malloy. Shout out, uh, we had a, a number of other people. Josh, I think our, our guy at Bacchanal that, that bought some for myself and James Rapine. Like, we really appreciate y'all. Just you didn't have to buy any stuff, but just saying hi. And, and it was cool seeing everybody out in these streets because we were out in these streets, Jay. It was a good trip. It was a good trip. You have to make it that. And uh, the food was good. The times were good. Um, and for Bengals fans, they ended up getting the winner at the end. So I, uh, probably a good experience for all of them. Uh, a fun, a fun road trip. But the Bengals rolled deep uh, in here. But they were, you know, they were silenced out by the loud, by the loud, loud Saints crowd. Mm-hmm. That Saints crowd is not going to have someone come in their building and make it sound like anything but a Saints home game. So good to them on that. Yeah. Uh, but you did ahead, hear him after after the Jamar touchdown. Yeah, it, 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 that sounded way louder than a than a road stadium. It kind of reminded you of the the Kansas City Tennessee games last year, where you're yep. like, oh wow, there there are a lot of Bengals fans here. Yeah, there there's yeah, no question about that. All right, Jay, it's been a pleasure. I'm gonna yep. uh, try to get back to the homestead. We'll have you back. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, for the pod, and then uh, all the uh, fallout of all the stuff and, and moving forward next week. So, thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.